This podcast was first broadcast on Mix 92.6. Go to Mix92.6.com to find more Environment Matters podcasts. And if you enjoy what we do, to find out how you can support the station, which is run entirely by volunteers. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Welcome to Environment Matters with me, Amanda Yorworth. Environment Matters is the show that brings you news on issues of sustainability and the environment from around Hertfordshire and from further afield. Well, don't be distracted by a few rain showers. We are still in the middle of a drought. 10 out of the last 12 months have had below average rainfall and the record-breaking heat has not helped. It's easy to see the effect that this has had on our parks, gardens and the surrounding countryside. In spite of the recent rain, lawns are still bleached and dead with just a few wildflowers giving a hopeful splash of green. Many trees have dropped a lot of their leaves in an attempt to save water and in some areas there's so many fallen leaves that it seems like autumn has come already. And farmers are warning us that fruit and veg will be small and misshapen. Well, frankly, it's a miracle that they've managed to produce anything at all. My outdoor tomato plants were toasted to a crisp in the worst of that heat and they've not recovered since. But what effect is this having on our local rivers? And will a few showers set them right? You'll recall that rivers like the Vare, the Colne, the Lee, the Gade and the Mimram are internationally rare chalk streams, fed by cool spring water from deep down in the chalk bedrock and running in riffles over gravel beds with a unique set of wildlife. Who better to ask than John Pritchard, chair of the Vare Valley Society? And I started by asking what state the 28-kilometre-long River Vare is in at the moment. Well, we've got presently 10 kilometres of dry uh, riverbed at, right at the top of the river from Kensworth down to Redbourne. The middle reaches through uh, Redbourneberry and Gorhambury and don't look too bad. But by the time it reaches St Albans, it's a slow, silty, warm river, which isn't close to chalk stream habitat or ecology. Um, and below St Albans, again, it's it's low and lacking lacking force so that you need force in the river to clean the gravel and create a nice little channel keep the chalk steam running okay and what effect is this having on the wildlife you know things like the water voles that were released last year well the water voles they need some water but they don't they don't need very much at all so they're they're surviving and doing quite well but i'd suggest that the fish population is probably not doing anywhere near as well uh, and the w- worst is yet to come because the river's likely to drop more and then we're going to get at any time big thunderstorms which bring cold deoxygenated water and lots of road runoff into the river and that's usually when you get uh, significant fish kills uh, rem- re- remembering too that we lost many of our bigger fish um, better breeding fish in 2019 when the river dried up for most of its length so we're short of mature fish as it is, and the fish are likely to get another big hit when the, when the rains truly come. Okay, well, that's, that's good news about the water voles, not such good news about the, the fish. Now, you mentioned rain there. As we're speaking now, it's just spitting a bit. Who knows, might rain a bit. But how much rain would we need to actually start making a difference to the River Ver? Well, at the moment, this, this year so far, the first uh, seven months of the year, only one of those has been above average for rainfall uh, back in February. So we've had a particularly dry year. And Chalk Stream, the River Ver, most of the the water in the river comes from the, the groundwater underneath, flows up through the springs and makes the river run. 
and it takes a couple of months, sometimes much longer, for the rain that falls to make its way down to the groundwater to influence the river. So at the moment, we've had no significant rain since way back in February. So we're running on empty. And it's going to take several months before any rain that falls today, significant rain, has any real influence on the river other than what runs off the land and off the roads. And that might last a week or a couple of weeks. But after that, we're back to the groundwater being the, the major source. Okay, so that's why you say that things are likely to get worse before they get better. Absolutely. We're on a downward trend now. The groundwater's falling reasonably quickly. Uh, and again, in fact, the, the, the groundwater level now is very similar to what we had in 2018. So we're concerned because that means if we don't get a wet winter, which is what water company are banking on, if, if we don't get a wet winter, uh, we could see a repeat of 2019 when the river dried up through St Albans. So everything we save now, whether it's individually or whatever Affinity Water can do, uh, will help us get through the winter and will help us, particularly next summer, um, avoid what could be a, a real disaster. Okay, so this really, we're thinking quite long term here. So a drought has been officially declared in Hertfordshire and the Environment Secretary has given his support for water companies to take action to mitigate the effects of what you've rightly said is a prolonged drought. What difference has this made? Uh, none. The only significant tool in the toolbox uh, is the hosepipe ban, because that sends a signal to consumers that actually things are quite bad. Um, and obviously it, it widens the number of people who make a, a bit of an effort uh, not to use water um, inefficiently. For as far as the VER is concerned, it would be a really good idea if hosepipe bans were introduced early rather than um, later. So you know, we, we could have easily had a hosepipe ban a month ago and that would have saved a lot of a lot of water. Okay, so why don't we have a hosepipe ban? What What is Affinity Water's drought plan for the River Vare? Well, the drought plans for, 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 for a bit wider than the River Vare, they don't, they don't go down to an individual level. So for the, the, uh, for the for this area, North Hearts, their north area, they have a series of, of trigger zones set up and they, various actions take place. At the moment, we're in trigger zone one uh, and we need to be in trigger zone three in order for a, a hosepipe ban to be called or have the potential of being called. Because obviously, if we fall into drought um, zone three in December, there's not much point in calling a hosepipe ban. But nonetheless, the trigger zones are out of kilter with the environment so last time in St Albans, if you remember, again, river dried up. We hadn't even had a hosepipe ban and the triggers have not been changed since 2019. So the same thing is likely to happen again. If we end up with a dry period, the river will disappear before any noticeable action will have been taken. So are you campaigning to have these trigger zones changed? Well, yes is, is the answer. We'd like them changed. <laughs> Ironically, during the, the last wet two years, the draft drought management plan has been out for consultation and has gone back in. Um, and it's now, I think, with the Secretary of State waiting for approval. So that would stand for the following five years. So <laughs> so we, we, we're a bit behind the game, really. We can, we can protest. People, people can write to their MP and say they're not happy with the, the drought plan. Um, obviously, one of the one of the big issues is that even the Environment Agency say the Ver has a deficit of 24 million litres a day because it has been over abstracted. 
on all those small some amounts have been given back the verse starting from a very bad point which is why it needs early intervention rather than leaving it as long as possible and gambling on a wet winter right now as you've indicated actually water levels water management we always need thinking into the long term and affinity water have been they have been building a whole new pipeline we remember the disruption down redbourne road and then it's also been happening um near the cricketers junction as well this pipeline is to bring water into the district so won't this solve the problem long term no it'll, it'll add a and some flexibility. What, what's going to happen in 2024, um, long agreed, is that the pumping stations in St Albans are going to be taking 9 million litres less than they do at the moment. So to supply that, to bring that water into the city, it's got to come from somewhere. So it's going to come from outside the district in a pipe. The unfortunate thing is that that 9 million litres is on the on, on the um, downstream side of St Albans. So it's not really going to benefit the river in St Albans at all. So that makes makes it difficult. We'd much prefer if those abstraction reductions were upstream of St Albans, and then there was a chance that that that, that might benefit the environment upstream and then benefit the river, and we'd see a better river f- flowing into St Albans. So that would be our main ask, really that that that, that should it should be happening upstream of St Albans and and, and not not in it or on the downstream side of St Albans. Right. Okay, but hopefully that should benefit other chalk streams, like like the the coal, um, as you say, a little bit downstream. Well, yeah, there so, might be some benefit. There might be some benefit to the to the upper coal, but I think that the ver is going to be lucky to see much benefit from this much trumpeted abstraction reduction. It's wor- it's worth actually remembering that conventional wisdom says sustainable abstraction is somewhere between five and ten percent of the effective rainfall uh, in, in a in a district. So the, the ver catchment was abstracted to the tune of 50% of the effective rainfall. So all the water that would have made it down to the aquifer, half of it was taken for public water supply, as opposed to a benchmark of between 5 and 10. Today, we're just under 30% um, because of some reductions that have been given. And even with the uh, 9 million that's coming back in 2024, uh, we'll still be well over 20% abstracted. So it's all very well getting water back, but we're nowhere near what one might consider is is sustainable this this five to ten percent figure and that's really the the reason the ver is so poor most of the time that too much water is being taken from the local environment okay so what would you like to see affinity water do now well i've probably missed the boat as far as a host pipe pan's concerned because most people's gardens are coming to the end of their um, productive season but um certainly for future you should be reconsidering where the drought triggers are that's number one. Um, as far as, in fact, the individuals are concerned, when we've got dry weather, it's a very good time for spotting leaks. So please get out there, spot the leaks, all the leaks that you can. As you probably know, Affinity Water, annually, they leak 160 plus million litres a day. So it's a huge amount of water. So every leak that can be spotted and fixed is, is going to benefit the environment without shadow of a doubt. Okay. Anything else you'd like us to do? Um, as you say, well, I mean, perhaps still thinking about not using the hose pipe in the in the garden if we can uh, avoid it. Anything else you'd like us to do? You can certainly write to your um, MP and say that you're not happy with the drought management plan as it stands at the moment, uh, and that you'd like th- those triggers reconsidered. I think that's that 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 at least begins to set a standard of, of what we'd like to happen for the future. Okay. And if people want a little bit of help like that, they'll find us on your website, won't they? 
Yes, I think we, we posted a piece on it recently, so very easy to, to pick it up from there. Okay. John Pritchard, thank you very much indeed. Thanks, Amanda. I was talking there to John Pritchard of the Vare Valley Society. I contacted Affinity Water asking them to join me on the show, but they have not responded so far. But if they do get in touch, I will let you know. Now, you might have seen in the news recently that heavy rain has caused storm surges through sewage treatment works around the country, resulting in raw sewage being released into rivers and along coastline. Now, while sewage pollution is a problem for Hertfordshire's chalk streams, the good news is that this didn't happen to the River Ver this time. But the bad news is that that's because there's currently no water in the river up by Markyate where there's a sewage treatment works. The even worse news is that the Markyate sewage works was the fifth biggest sewage spiller for Thames water in 2021, releasing sewage into the Ver for a staggering 2,642 hours. And it's been releasing sewage in that way since the 1980s. Now, Ver Valley members have had enough of this, so earlier in the month, they held a protest up at the Markgate Sewage Works, asking Thames Water, who operate the plant, to invest in facilities, which will hopefully prevent such spills in the future. Well, fingers crossed that happens, because it doesn't sound very nice, does it? Now, whilst we're on the subject of rivers, the Hearts and Middlesex Wildlife Trust are celebrating 10 years of their Living Rivers project by adding a special rivers category to this year's Wild Snaps Photography Competition. Now, the competition asks amateur photographers and casual snappers from around Hertfordshire and Middlesex to submit their best wildlife shots across three categories. Not just the new rivers category, but also general wildlife and under 16s. Photographs can be submitted online via the Trust website until the 7th of September. For the first time in Wild Snap's history, a judging panel will decide on the best 30 images in the competition. And this expert panel includes Tom Hanna, an award-winning wildlife filmmaker and photographer, Jeanette Lendon of Jet Black Squares, a professional photographer who's hung up her long lens and now champions smartphone photography, Will Jobbins, the winner of the Wild Snaps 2021 and a talented macro photographer enthusiast, together with the Trust conservation manager, Tim Hill. He's a keen photographer who's contributed many fantastic photos to a wide range of the Trust publications over the last 20 years. Now, the panel selection will provide the shortlist for the public to vote on from the 19th to the 28th of September. So do look out for that. Everyone who votes will be eligible to enter a prize draw to win an exclusive one-to-one smartphone photography session provided by Jet Black Squares. All 30 shortlisted photographs will be exhibited at St Albans Cathedral from the 1st to the 20th of October. And the exhibition is open to all and entrance will be free of charge. And the winners will be presented with their prizes at a special event to be held at the cathedral on the 3rd of October. And the winning images will also be featured in the Wildlife Matters magazine, the Trust Membership magazine. Additionally, there are monetary vouchers for wildlife watching equipment and Wildlife Trust branded binoculars, kindly donated by competition sponsors Opticron, plus a variety of unique wildlife experiences to be won. 
Natasha Adinyansi, Digital Communication Officer at the Trust, said photography is a great way to connect with wildlife. By the nature of it, it makes you look more closely at what's around and focuses on the beauty that exists close by, whether that's in an urban or a rural location. We're lucky to have a community of people who regularly share their photographs of wildlife with us across Hertfordshire and Middlesex. And these never fail to inform and surprise and delight us. And we're really hoping that Wild Snaps amplifies this type of response for our following. We can't wait to see everyone's images and to share the judges' favourites. Well, I think... I agree with that completely, Natasha. Wonderful to see some of the brilliant photographs that people produce. And uh, a great thing to join in yourself as well. Some great prizes there. And it would be fantastic to have your photo as one of those in the exhibition. I'll make sure that I share the link so that you can submit your photos on social media. On Twitter and Facebook, I'm Environment Matters on Mix 92.6. And I'll also make sure that it's in the note that accompanies the podcast of this show, which you'll find on the podcast page of mix926.com. And do get in touch via my new email address, amanda.yourworth at mix926.com. That's new, so I'll give it you again, amanda.yourworth at mix926.com. I'm going to be here at the same time next week, but until then, thank you for listening.